we have a crisis in the world, tremendous crisis, and also crisis in our consciousness, in us. I see the urgency of change, radical revolution, mutation in the mind. I see it. It is necessary. There is complete quietness of the mind, and that which is silent has vast space. Only then that which is nameless comes into being. This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti podcast. We are going to lose ourselves in organised religion or in entertainment of every kind. As a result, humanity will become more and more superficial. Hello and welcome to episode 148 of Urgency of Change. Season 3 of the Krishnamurti podcast continues with the format of carefully chosen extracts from the philosopher's talks. Each weekly episode focuses on a theme explored by Krishnamurti and the aim is to represent his different approaches to these universal topics. This week's theme is entertainment. Upcoming themes are hope, systems and methods and Krishnamurti schools. This is a podcast from Krishnamurti Foundation Trust based at Brockwood Park in the UK which is also home to the Krishnamurti Retreat Centre. Situated in the beautiful countryside of the South Downs National Park, the Krishnamurti Centre offers quiet retreats for those wishing to inquire into themselves in light of Krishnamurti's teachings. Please visit krishnamurticentre.org.uk for more information. You can also find daily Krishnamurti quotes and videos on Instagram and Facebook at Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review or rating on your podcast app, which helps our visibility. This week's episode on entertainment has four sections. This first extract is from Krishnamurti's first talk in San Francisco, 1973, titled, This is Not Entertainment. I think most of us are used to being entertained through literature, through cinema, poetry, and various forms of expression in in the art. And unfortunately, we also want to be entertained religiously. We look to somebody to tell us what to do, to give us greater experiences to help us to touch something that's beyond time. All these forms of entertainment are mere stimulation, leading nowhere. And if we may point out This is not a gathering, either intellectual or sentimental, but rather a gathering where we are going to work together, share together, think together, and find out for ourselves what is true and what is false, and see the truth in the false 
and remain, if we can, with that which is. So, this is not in any form of entertainment whatsoever. We are serious. And together we are going to investigate. And I mean together. And therefore, it's very important to find out for ourselves not only why we are here, but also what is it that we are seeking. And we must establish between you and the speaker the relationship in which communication is possible. I mean by that word communication, not only verbal explanation, verbal communication, but also non-verbal, perhaps which is much more important than the verbal understanding of words. So communication means sharing together, thinking together, and perhaps transforming ourselves as we are now into something totally psychologically different. And that is the intention, serious intention of the speaker, that together we are going to understand this mad, idiotic world, the horrors that are going on, the brutality, the violence, the national divisions, wars, and the religious divisions. Together we are going to investigate These problems, violence, fear, pleasure, what it means to be religious, and what are the implications of meditation. So, from the beginning, I think we should understand that we are not dealing with any Philosophical system. Philosophy, if one looks up a dictionary, means the love of truth, not an abstract truth invented by the intellectuals and the philosophers, but the truth that is expressed in daily living. So we are concerned not with ex exotic or oriental mysticism, religion, but rather be totally committed to find a different way of living, a way that is true, that is harmonious, that has in it the quality 
as a mind that is truly religious. So all this implies, doesn't it, that one must be astonishingly serious. Which means that every form of entertainment, every form of being told what to do, or given a new system, or try to find out through the speaker some reality beyond time and so on. If you are going, if you are expecting any such form of entertainment, I'm afraid you'll be disappointed. Because we are going to concern ourselves with what is actually what is now and see if it is possible to transform totally, psychologically, inwardly, the whole structure of our condition. If that is clear, I think every serious person is concerned with this problem. How to bring about a psychological revolution in the very structure of the psyche, in the very structure of our thinking, in the whole process of our acquiring knowledge, and whether the human mind, that is, your mind, the human, the everyday mind, not a mind that is super-conscious and all the rest of that business, but the mind that is working, struggling, is in battle inwardly, in sorrow, in pain, in fear, in great sense of insecurity and anxiety. Whether that mind can be transformed not through time, not through a, a period, but transformed without the process of time altogether. I hope all this is not too serious, and if it is, I'm sorry. Because, you see, I've been to India, Europe, here, for the last forty years or so, perhaps more, and one sees, if one is observant, how everything is deteriorating, not in the technological world, but the hu in the world of human relationship. One sees overpopulation, starvation, war, the appalling destructiveness of politicians, the economic inequality, and so on, and the spreading of violence right through the world. There are many explanations. Every philosopher, every intellectual 
person is trying to find out why this exists. Why human beings, not only in this beautiful land, and it is a beautiful country, it is America, every country is beautiful, but the people on it are rather strange. People on it are violent, superstitious, full of their own prejudices, opinions, inventing new systems of government and philosophies and religions, battling each other competitively, ambitiously, destructively. Wherever one goes, this is a fact of daily conflict inwardly and outwardly, daily suffering, pain, anxiety, insecurity, and from this insecurity, violence, and so on. And observing all this, how education only conditions human mind to conform to the pattern that already exists, to the structure which the past has established. And religions throughout the world have lost their meaning totally. And trying to escape from all this, there are the innumerable gurus from India, with their fanciful dictatorial regimes, You know what is happening in this country, perhaps better than I do. Now these are facts. What can the human mind, your mind, do with all this? The confusion, the misery, the appalling selfishness of people, the narrowness, pettiness of a mind that is full of knowledge, that has been educated technologically to function in a pattern, in a structure of the present society. How can that mind transform itself so that a different kind of culture is born. Because we are not cultured people at all. You may know many languages. You may have read a great deal. You may be a great scientist or trying to become a great scientist. You may be religiously, for the weekend, go to the church, but in daily life, in the life of every day, we are totally uncultured. And Observing what is going on in the world, a new culture must come into being, not European or American or the Asiatic culture, but a world, global culture. And that culture can only come into being when there is totally different kind of religion.
Without religion, there is no culture. For religion is the unified factor, not belief, not a personal worship, but a religion that is based on behavior, relationship, a mind that is totally free of fear and not incessantly pursuing pleasure, a mind that is capable of perceiving, living, a quality of mind that is totally attentive of what is true. The second extract is from the seventh talk in Sarnen, 1964, titled Are We Being Consumed by Entertainment? One sees what is happening in the world. The computers, the electronic brains, automation, and various forms of mechanical activities are going to give man more and more leisure. Whether that leisure is in the East or in the West, it is still leisure. And that leisure is going to be monopolized by religions, organized religions, and by organized entertainment. I do not know if there is much difference between organized religion and organized entertainment, but for the moment we'll keep them separate. When man has leisure, he has more energy, and society demands that he utilize that energy rightly, not antisocially. And the antisocial feeling is controlled, shaped by circumstances, religious or the desire to be entertained. This leisure is going to give man more energy, much more energy. Either he is going to lose himself in organized religions, or lose himself in entertainment of every kind, or, which is another form of entertainment, lose himself in literature, in art, in music, so that he becomes more and more superficial. He may read all the books in the world and try to understand the intricacies of thought, of theology, of certain facts and truths in literature, but it will still be an external thing. And so also, obviously, religions, entertainment. And religions assert that they are seeking more and more the inward things of life, but that those organized religions demand belief, dogma, rituals, conformity, and all the rest of it which we all know. So, unless one is very much aware of all these conditions that are inherent in modern civilization, all our energies will be taken up by them. 
consumed by them, and our activity will remain very, very superficial. We shall have conflicts, we shall have various battles within ourselves, with people, with society, all the rest of it will follow. But what we are trying to say is that every form of human endeavour artistic, scientific, mathematical, or going to the office, or a or relationship with one's wife and children, husband, all the rest of it, in that relationship there is conflict, there is the waste of energy. And Unless one finds out the conservation of energy and what action is, our life be will become more and more outward and more and more inwardly empty. Again, this is not a point to be discussed or doubted or it's not my particular opinion against your opinion, but this is, these are actual facts. So first, what is action? As it is, as we know, what is action? All our activity has subtle or obvious motive, either of reward or fear or of gaining something. Our action is always an adjustment to a pattern, to an idea, an approximation to an ideal. That's all we know of action. Conformity, adjustment, approximation, or resistance, or denial. All that implies a series of conflicts. As we were saying the other day, commune about something of, what, of which one has not, one is not deeply related to it, is always rather difficult. I, we want to commune with you about something, about a state of mind which is a complete antithesis of this, of this conflict in action, we want to communicate with you about something that is totally in action, which is complete action. I want to communicate, I want to tell you something about it, not for you to accept it, not for you to deny or accept or be hypnotized by it. You know, one of the greatest difficulties in sitting on a platform on talking and you listening, if you do a listen at all, is to establish the right relationship between the speaker and yourself. That's one of the most difficult things, because here we do not want to mesmerize you, hypnotize you with a lot of words. 
or to influence you in any way whatsoever. Or do any propaganda for an idea. Or instruct you. As I pointed out, there is no teacher under taught. There is only a state of learning. And you and I cannot possibly learn if you are waiting to be, to be instructed, to be told what to do, or be influenced. So, we are not influencing, doing any propaganda, trying to assert anything whatsoever for you to accept or reject. We are not dealing with opinions or the truth of opinions. We are just stating facts. You can observe them, look at them, or not look at them and deny them. So we both of us have to establish the right relationship so that there is a communion which is not intellectual but really a total perception of a fact which, which we both are looking at. It is not my point of view which you are looking, or my opinion, or my experience. I have no opinion, experience, or assertion. I'm merely pointing out. And for you and me to look at that demands a communion of real appreciation of the fact. We are not communing with each other, but we are communing with the fact, which is entirely different. And therefore, the fact becomes much more important than you and me. And thereby, the fact alone can do, can create the right kind of ambiance and atmosphere, or whatever you like to call it, which will affect us profoundly. So, it seems to me that to listen to that stream, to the whisper of those trees, to listen to one's own thoughts and feelings becomes extraordinarily important when we are considering the fact and not the idea or the opinion about the fact. The third extract is from Krishnamurti's fifth talk in Sanin, 1981, titled The World of Entertainment is Taking Over. First, we have to consider together whether the brain, which is now only operating partially, whether that brain has the, has the capacity to function wholly, completely. You do not know if you've gone into that question at all. Because we are only using now a part of it. 
one can observe this for oneself without going to any specialist. One can see that any specialization which may be necessary, whether that specialization does not bring about the functioning of only a part of the brain. If one is a scientist specializing that subject, naturally only one part of his functioning. Or if one is a mathematician and so on. And we are asking whether Together we are asking you, I am not imposing the question on you. We must ask this question, whether the brain, though in the modern world one has to specialise, whether it is possible to allow the brain to operate wholly, completely. That's one of the problems. We're going to discuss this morning. And the other problem is what is going to happen to humanity, to all of us, when the computer, which is which can outthink man accurately, much more quickly, rapidly, and if that can do as the computer experts are saying it can, with the help of the robot, man will then only have a couple of hours of work a day. This is going to happen within the next 5, 10, 20 years. Then, what will man do? Either he is going to follow the entertainment field, which is already taking place, sports are becoming more and more and more important, if you watch the television. Entertainment, different forms, football, you know, all that is happening. And also religious entertainment. Either humanity is going to follow the whole movement of entertainment, or it is going to turn inwardly, which is not an entertainment, which demands much greater capacity of observation, examination, non-personal perception, and so on, inwardly. These are the two possibilities. And this is happening already. The entertainment world is going to take over, the cinemas, you know, all the rest of it. Or the computer can formulate a new religion, putting all the religions together, synthesize, bring out something totally new. And humanity, which is another form of entertainment, will follow that, or enter into something totally different. That's one problem. 
And the other is the whole content of our consciousness is basically fear, pleasure, the pursuit of pleasure, and the avoidance of fear, and the suffering of mankind. That's the basic content of our human consciousness, with its varieties. Right? These are the three problems that we have man is facing. If humanity is going to follow entertainment, it's very simple. And I hope, we, one hopes, these gatherings are not a form of entertainment. And also, whether the brain can be totally free so as to function wholly. Because any specialization, any following a certain path, certain groove, certain uh, pattern, must inevitably make the brain function partially and therefore limited energy. I hope we are thinking together about all this. And we live in a world of specialization. Engineers, physicists, surgeons, carpenters, you know, the whole mechanical world, and also specialization of a particular belief of a particular dogma, rituals, the roles, specializations. And those certain specializations which are necessary, like surgeons, carpentry, and so on, whether that in spite of that specialization, whether the brain can function completely, wholly, not partially, and therefore have tremendous energy. The final extract in this episode is from the fifth talk in Madras, 1981, titled We Only Have Two Choices Left. Thought, as we said, has created extraordinary things, the whole technological world. The, the surgery, medicine, communication, going to the moon, and so on. And also thought has created war. and all the material to kill man. Thought has also written marvellous poems. I was just reading Keats, Ode to the Nightingale, marvellous poem, but it is put into words by thought, the pictures, the architecture, the temples, and what is inside the temples, inside the churches, all created by thought. So thought in the world, in the physical world, at certain areas, has brought benefit to man. At other areas, it's destroying man. That is, knowledge. And this knowledge, which we have acquired through our senses, and therefore connected with the brain, this knowledge man acquired is now being 
transferred to the computer. You do not know if you are aware of all this. The computer can do everything that man can do. It can learn. It has been programmed as we, our brain is programmed to be a Catholic, to be a Protestant, to be a Hindu, to be a Buddhist. You understand all this? Of course. If you pay, you, your brain is programmed. Whether you like it or not, you have to observe it. Otherwise, you won't call yourself Hindu or a communist. Your brain has been cultivated through time and through that and time, which is the acquisition of experience, knowledge, so and so on, that brain has been programmed, has been conditioned to respond according to certain reactions. This is inevitable. That brain is now being prog- is being given over to the computer. Please realize this. The computer is becoming your brain, the human brain. The computer plus the robot are already operating in manufacturing things like cars. All kinds of things are happening. In about 10-15 years you will be unemployed. You have to face all this. Society is going to be turned upside down. It's coming, whether you like it or not, it's at, and you're at your door. Do you understand the seriousness of all this? I wonder if you do, that your brain, which has been so extraordinarily capable, suffered innumerable sorrows, lives in great anxiety, frightened, insecure, the whole psychological world, which is the result of thought, that thought with all its knowledge is being transferred to the computer and the robot. So man, then what is he? Do you understand my question? If the, ro- if the computer can do everything that you can, your brain can, which is it can learn, it can correct itself. It can foresee what's much more than human beings can. Its responses are instantaneous because it's programmed that way. Then, what is man? You understand all this? The computers say, I believe in God. Oh, you people laugh, you don't see this seriousness of all this happening to all of us. The computer can compose a poem. Can compose. Can diagnose better than any doctor. 
You understand? And then we ask, one asks, what is man? What are you? If the machine can do everything even better than you, what are you? Which is, our brains have operated mechanically. Right? It believes, it doesn't believe. It creates its own gods, its own philosophies. The computer can create a philosophy better than any philosopher. What have we left? You understand my question? If the machine can take over everything that man can do and do it still better than us, then what is a human being? What are you? Your belief in God, the machine has a belief in God. It will do rituals better than you can do. It can invent theories better than any philosopher. Do you understand all this? So what, are, what have we left? What we have left is our psychology, our psychological world. You understand? You understand? My, our sorrow, our fears, our pleasures, our anxieties, our immense loneliness. You understand all this? That's what we are going to be left with. Not with your gods. The gods have been invented by man, by thought. You have shaped gods according to your desires, your fears. So computers can do all that. So what we are going to be left with is time. Biological time, psychological time, and time as day and night. That's what we're going to be left with, time. And biologically, time is necessary. That's part of the genes, where it is. Com- genes also probably is computerized in time. To have time to grow physically. And you have psychological time. That is, hope, the future, the burden of the past, the anxiety, the fear, the immense everlasting pursuit of pleasure, and not only your own particular sorrow, but the sorrow of mankind, of which you are. This is what we're going to be left with. Right? Please, I hope we both are together observing the same thing. Not I am observing, the speaker is observing and telling you about it. 
but we are together observing the facts, what is actually going on, of which we are not, most of us are not aware. Technology is advancing so rapidly. And everything that we human beings are doing now, going to the office from nine to five or for the next fifty years, and education that's being given to students, you understand? All that's going to be taken over. For God's sake, realize. So, we are going to be left with all our senses. Senses which create, which is the centre of the brain, and our senses either deteriorate gradually because we are incapable of using them anymore, because we are only pursuing pleasure, like you are following all this. And so we have to find out what time means. Right? There is the biological time, psychological time, time by the sun set and sunrise, the, full, the new moon and the full moon. So there are the three times, biological, psychological, time by the watch. We can perhaps control or change the biological time, which is also, you see what's happening in the world. Little boys and girls are already having babies, Deformed, because their wombs are small. I don't know what you're all doing. This is happening, sirs. And there's a psychological time. You can't do anything about the chronological time. You can perhaps get up earlier, go later, to bed. But you have only one factor, that is psychological time. That time is the movement of thought in consciousness. You don't agree with me, see it for yourself. Consciousness is made up of its content, right? The computer has its conscience. Because it's programmed to think this way, that way, answer rapidly and so on, which is what our consciousness is. I wonder if you see all the implications of it. Our consciousness which is the accumulated beliefs, the accumulated confusions, the accumulated problems, the beliefs, the superstitions, the fears, the nationalities, the ideals, being left, politically left, center, right, all that is our consciousness which is the computer is. You, you realize? So, what are we going to do with our life? You understand? Either because we have time, leisure, and all the trouble which we 
taken out to go to factories, work, 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 computer and the robot are going to take over. Then what, what is man going to do? Either you're going to pursue entertainment, which is pleasure, you understand? The religious pleasures, entertainment, Tirupati, Rome, cathedrals, temples, either you enter into the, the whole area of entertainment, and perhaps that's what's going to happen, because we have lived on entertainment. Entertainment from books, if you are inclined to be a philosophic mind, books, being entertained in philosophy, if you are entertained by Gita, Upanishads, Bible, you're going for that entertainment. Or you're being entertained by rituals, the mass, the temple worship, you know, all that's going on, which is all entertainment. Or you turn inwardly. You understand? That's the only things we have left. Entertainment or deep inquiry into oneself. Inquiry into the psychological world, the senses, the fears, the pleasures, whether there is ever an ending to sorrow, what is love? You understand? Whether what death means, because the computer will say, "I believe in hereafter." You understand what I'm saying? So together, let's go inward. You understand what I'm saying? Let us together examine whether there is an ending to fear, whether there is an ending to insecurity, not physical insecurity, because the computer may change the whole structure of society, as it is happening already. So we have only two things left to us, entertainment or going deeply into the inner, into the world of the psyche, and going beyond. The scientists are also becoming entertainers. Like the priests, so you cannot possibly depend on scientists to salvage our inward state, nor the psychologist, nor the priest. There is nobody that can help us except our own observation. Which doesn't mean that we become more and more selfish. We are examining the human consciousness, the human brain. Your brain is not yours, it's the brain of humanity. 
because it has lived millions and millions of years. So in examining, investigating through skeptical exploration, we are examining not to become more mischievous, more ugly, more inwardly despicable, crooked, corrupt. We are examining so that the, the brain, with all its activity taken over by computer, the, then we are investing it in nature with a thought which has created the psyche, whether that thought, which is time, can stop. 